You know, I'm still not sure how we chose this jingle, but whenever I hear it at the beginning of our podcast, I really want to start dancing. Like, get a glow stick in my hand, and like I'm going to have a rave here in my house. But if you've ever seen me dance before, you know it's not a very pretty sight, so that's probably not a good idea. It's kind of like Seinfeld said, it's like a dry heave, full body dry heave set to music. That's me dancing, so yeah, it's a good thing that we're not dancing right now. Hey, this is Barrett Johnson of Info for Families, and welcome to the Imperfect Normal Families Only Podcast. If you're an imperfect family and don't have it completely figured out, then you're in good company. We don't either, but we'll do our best every single time we get together like this to talk about the issues that families face today, how we can best overcome them and see God's very, very best in our lives. But at least we're honest. Today, it's just me. Jennifer, my lovely wife, is taking a hiatus these two weeks as we're talking about pornography. Not that she doesn't want to talk about pornography, but just simple the fact that I'm just introducing a talk that I gave a while back. And uh, this is part two of that talk that we're going to cover today after a little bit of introductory material. So we're glad you joined us. If you didn't listen to part one, then you need to go ahead and stop this now and go back to last week's podcast and listen to part one of this, uh, how to manage or deal with the impact of pornographies on our families and and figure out a way to, to get that content in your head first, because that's kind of more the, the laying out of a theological perspective and the reality of the issues. Today, we'll be talking more about what we do about it, how we respond, how we guard and protect and intentional things we can do to gird our families against the, the damage that can be caused by illicit materialists bombarding our minds and our hearts through technology. But then also, if someone you love or know has been impacted by this or finds themselves stuck in a stronghold, uh, maybe an addiction to pornography, or it's a common practice in their lives and they're trying to stop and we'll offer some good help for that as well. So we're glad you joined us. Uh, we're going to cover some brief introductory material, and then we'll get right into the talk. So first of all, we'll cover some things that are in the news. Unfortunately, because of what we do in our ministry, we find ourselves talking a lot about this issue. We find ourselves also researching a lot about this issue. And last week, we talked about the story from fightthenewdrug.org that mentioned that 11 different states have now a penned resolution saying that pornography is, in fact, a public health hazard, a public hazard to our communities and our society, which is encouraging to see that move in that direction. But we see over and over again articles that we read and studies we read all about more and more people becoming aware of this is a bad thing. And the long-term effects of uh, long-term consumption of this stuff is a bad thing. And when you consider that pornography back in uh, maybe my day when I was a young man in the 70s and 80s, I certainly wanted to look at porn. There was an interest there as a young man, as a teenager. The problem was I just couldn't find it. And so the fact that today our kids are still interested, they're still curious, and if there's lack of information from mom and dad, they will take curiosity will take them towards technology, and what they can find online is just absolutely overwhelming. And more and more studies we read and see share that kids who are interviewed honestly and openly about what they're exposed to and what they see, they are screaming internally and quietly for help. They wish someone would help them navigate this stuff, give them an awareness of how to fight it or how to approach it or to give them a better view of sex than what they see on the internet. But yet typically not anybody is helping them. In fact, most of the culture around them is giving them 
kind of a endorsement of, well, it's normal, it's common. Again, there is a movement towards an awareness, but by and large, pop culture makes a joke about it. You watch any movie targeted at teenagers today, a teen comedy that's you know even PG-13, and somewhere in there, there may be a pornography or a masturbation joke. It's almost just commonplace. And by every generation, we've had more and more of that happen to us. I mean, in my generation, it was the, the Porky's type of content. Um, the folks who raised in the 90s, the American Pie movies kind of put a, a mindset of casual sexuality or masturbation being kind of a humorous uh, joke. And that's just, it's funny, but it's moving to the mainstream now where most, again, PG-13 movies targeted teenagers have got some pornography or masturbation joke as a part of their commonality. And so it's all flipping. It's all easy. It's not a big deal. And so what we're going to make an argument for today and the talk you're going to hear in just a moment is, is that it is a big deal. It negatively impacts things in a big, big way. One thing I've seen, if you're a movie buff and we like talking about movies on the podcast here, there have been at least two movies come out in the last five or six years that have had some encouraging content that are more on the side of uh, pornography and explicit material, sex addiction is a horribly negative thing. And, and we need to fight it. We need to get a plan for it. We need to have seek a better way. And so I'm not recommending these movies by any means because these movies are full of explicit content, but they do give a realistic picture of what's out there and they show Hollywood turning back towards some sense of, of uh, I don't know, health or normalcy or sanity regarding this issue. So two movies to look at or to consider or just even to investigate. The first one's called Don John, and it was written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, he also starred in it, and he's basically a New York uh, player, you know, he's out there chasing girls, but he's also got a pornography problem. In the course of the journey of the movie, he realizes after having a mature relationship with a slightly older woman, uh, he realizes the impact that pornography is having on his heart and mind that he discovers kind of a better way. So it's kind of redemptive in nature. The other movie is called Thanks for Sharing. And powerful film starring A-list stars Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Tim Robbins, uh, Mark Gorloff, whatever Mark, the Credible Hulk Mark, whatever his last name is, never can pronounce it. But it basically describes a, a group of uh, men and women in a support group uh, struggling with sex addiction. And it gives an honest picture of the depravity of what that does to people's hearts and minds, and it shows the need for community to walk through it. And again, I don't recommend you go and watch these as casual entertainment, but if you're looking to study these issues a little deeper and see the importance of a better way and the need for community to be find restoration, if that's a part of your story and addiction, then it can be very, very encouraging if you can be willing with a, a fast-forward button to fast-forward over some things that are pretty uh, dark and ugly in the middle of it all. But the one thing I like about these two movies is they do provide some message from Hollywood or a few people in Hollywood that says this is impacting people. This pornography thing is not flippant. It's not casual. It's not uh, fun. It's dangerous and it, it, it needs to be addressed as such. And so as you listen to the second part of the talk we're about to hear uh, that we gave a while back, then I encourage you to realize that, that these are somber issues, they're spiritual issues, and that God has a plan to offer us a better way. And if some of you struggle with, we hope you can find a way out of it, and we want to offer help to give you in that direction. So here's our feature presentation. Let's talk about what we do. Let's get very practical on kind of what we do. Uh, I've heard it said before that, a, that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Your grandmother probably said that to you. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Prevention is better than trying to cure something later on. But let's talk about both, okay? Let's talk about prevention first. And so in your little handout, you can follow along 
<laughs> prevention strategies. Number one is have frequent conversations. We've got to talk about this. We've got to talk about it in our marriages. We've got to talk about it with our kids. With our kids, we've got to help them develop an early on an opinion of porn. And so moms and dads, as you're having the birds and bees conversation with your kids, and if that's gone down in your life, great. If it hasn't happened yet or it's soon, consider this. When, when I had the, the birds and bees conversation with my sons at about 10 years old when we did it at our house, in this culture now, it's probably a little too late, but let's say 10 is a target age. When you have that birds and bees conversation, here's where babies come from, here's what mommies and daddies do, all that stuff, fantastic. You know, the kids, their eyes are open, you know, it's crazy. Um, what do you, you do what? You know, all that goes down. With my boys, within three minutes of that conversation, we transition immediately to, oh, and by the way, kids, there's a whole ginormous, big, and profitable industry showing people doing this. It's, there's a, you don't believe it's true? What I just described to you, there's a whole big industry of that happening on the internet particularly. And it's not a, if, you're gonna, if you see it sometime, it's when you see it. You will encounter it. You're gonna stumble onto this stuff eventually. You'll be on a computer, you'll be with a friend, you'll be somewhere just not, you know, stumbling on something. You will see this. I want you to have an opinion of it right now. It's not for you. It has the power to mess up your life. Just like I might tell you to stay away from drugs, you need to stay away from this. Just like it's a, a dangerous drug that will destroy your life potentially. So if you see it, I want you to tell me about it. You're not going to be in trouble. I want to do my best to protect you from it. But if you stumble onto it, hey, you know what? You, you, you need to tell me about it so we can talk about it. I want you to guard your eyes. Just again, in the world we live and what we do for a living in our ministry, we get all the phone calls and all the emails and all the questions. And the stuff that we've seen is just so troubling what, what kids have stumbled onto. And, and kids stumbling onto something and because they haven't been prepared for it, they, they, they think there's something wrong with this, but I want to look again and let me go back and let me go back. And so there's a pattern of behavior. Most folks who would say, hey, I'm a, I'm a porn addict would say it started when I was a young person, young teenager, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. When I first got hooked and it stayed with me. So again, we've got to talk about it with our kids. Um, and even our marriages as well. I got the kids up there. In our marriages, we got to talk about it too. When we talk about it, comfort in our marriages. You know, uh, guys, you need to be transparent with your wife enough to say, um, hey, I stumbled onto something and I got away from it quick, but I just want you to pray that, that those images wouldn't settle in my brain. So conversations. That's one conversation when your kids are young. It's different when they're 14 and when they're 18. You got to keep on talking about it. Keep on coming back to it over and over again. Another strategy, get a game plan to manage the technology in your home. The technology. Um, I think two phrases, two catchwords to consider is filtering and accountability. I think you need to filter what comes into your technology, your devices, your phones, your tablets, your computers. Filter is the first step. Particularly if you have young kids. Um, and there's some great tools out there. But then as they get older, I think you need to move more to accountability. With my 18-year-old son, who's going to go to college soon, he may live at home for a few years and go to KSU, but he's going to transition to more independence and where I'm not going to be hovering over him, telling him what he can and can't do. I want these years, 17, 18, 19 years old, to be years where it's not just me filtering everything. I want to train him to make wise choices on his own. And so we move more into accountability. And so where he can go where he wants to go, but someone around him sees where he goes because there's software that tracks that and we can have a conversation about it. But both those things are critical as we both filter and to provide accountability. Now, I would say this. I said this at a family camp we led at, uh, last summer. I was teaching some of this. And I said to parents, 20 families in the room, 20 sets of parents, 
I said, if you are not having some kind of filtering or monitoring of your technology in your family, I think you're dropping a significant ball in the parenting role. I think I even said this on stage. I said, you're a bad parent. It was kind of harsh. And I had a good dad with great kids come up to me uh, during a break time and said, you know what, I think I'm a bad parent. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I kind of reeled it back in. You're not a bad parent. He said, well, you covered this. And then uh, we had to talk about my son later on, later on, my 16-year-old son. And he, I asked him some tough questions. He gave me some honest answers. And he told me all the credit he's been looking at for the last six months on his computer. And I've, I, let that, I let that happen because it was on my watch. I didn't provide some kind of filtering accountability for him. I said, hey, grace of God is sufficient for all things. Let's, let's take some steps to reel that back in and let's, let's make it right. And we can do that. But, but again, if you don't have something going on in your home, technology monitoring, filtering, I think you are dropping a ball. You've got to cover this area. The stakes are just too high. The potential is just too great. Let me recommend some, some tools. I think I have websites there. One is Circle. May I have a Circle at their home? Anybody? Do you like your Circle? I love my Circle. Circle is a great tool. It is a device. Disney helps sponsor it. It's got some Disney ads on it, which are annoying, um, but you can usually not see them. But Filter is a little white box you plug into the wall, power it, you just power it up in the wall, and it serves as a gatekeeper for everything that comes over your Wi-Fi at home. And I've got an app on my phone that's really intuitive. You can kind of see it right there. Each member of our family gets a profile. Each device is assigned to a person, and you can control. I can control with my 18-year-old son on his computer and his cell phone how many minutes or hours of YouTube or Netflix or videos he can watch. I can say when those things turn off and on. I can control what kind of content each of those apps. I can turn off Instagram for six months to punish him. I can, whatever. You can do all these different things to monitor. And then also it filters, uh, you know, adult sites if you choose. And you can set it up for uh, adult filtering or teen filtering or children. My elementary daughter, she's on an iPad doing games and stuff. I've got that set up for child-level filtering. And so nothing comes across an iPad that's not uh, appropriate for, for, for anyone older or a certain age, whatever. So it's fantastic. If you want, it's only for your home Wi-Fi. If your kid goes out in the world and connects on Wi-Fi somewhere else, it doesn't cover that. But there's a, a monthly service called Circle Go that you can pay a monthly fee to that covers it even when they go out in the world. We love Circle. It's a great tool. We also like Covenant Eyes. Anybody use Covenant Eyes at their house? Anybody like this one? Covenant Eyes is great. It also provides filtering and monitoring and that kind of stuff, but it also provides an accountability feature. One thing that Circle does not do, Circle doesn't give explicit detail about an app. I know my son was on Netflix for an hour. I don't know what he watched. I don't like that part of it. So Covenant Eyes is kind of like the, ne the next layer of it. It gives detail ad nauseum to every site gone on, and it sends a weekly or daily, whatever you set it up as, report to an accountability partner of what sites you've been on, and it flags ones that are questionable, which is fantastic. Again, with, with, with a friend or a kid, uh, every email, we get an email, boom, here's the things in this computer. These sites kind of had question marks. Okay, that's fine, I know what that is, that's fine. Hey, what is this thing? And I can go to my son, and say, or I can look at the website, and I can search and go, hey, you were on this site for 20 minutes, tell me about that, and we can talk about it. And that's, again, kind of the, the accountability, training him to make wise choices so we can have a conversation about those things. So again, those are two great tools. There's those out there, Net Nanny, and uh, you know all kinds of great things. Find what you like, find what works for you. Um, all right, a couple more things. Prevention strategies. Stay up to date on what's happening in porn technology. And that's terrible that I have to say that there's porn technology. But uh, it'd be fantastic if there was a switch that we could throw, like a circle device or whatever, that would immediately block all, any and all content that's negative coming into our homes. That switch doesn't exist. Every one of these software programs, one of these things has got holes. They're not perfect. But we have to stay on top of 
what our kids are looking at. And yes, it takes a ton of work. It is work to keep up with our kids and what they're doing online and what they're doing on social media, all that stuff. This new element of parenting is going to kill us all. But it's important work to do. Um, Fight the New Drug is a website organization that's fantastic. It is not faith-based, but everything you find there, I think, would, would align with our, our faith of kind of sounding an alarm about the seriousness of this, how to help people avoid it. Uh, love that website. Great stuff. All right, if you need a cure, so that was the prevention part. Let's talk about the cure part. Let's say that someone in your family is caught up in this. Your spouse has got a pattern of this. One of your kids, whatever. Don't freak out. And again, I'm not saying it's not a serious thing. Take it very, very seriously. But here's the reality. The minute you freak out as a parent, you, you find out your 14-year-old son's been looking at all this stuff, and you go, I can't believe you'd look at this stuff. How terrible. And you freak out in front of that kid. I can't believe you'd look at this. We've raised you better. This is terrible stuff. What are you thinking? The minute you do that, shame, which he already feels, is going to be amplified. So, so don't freak out. You don't want to push this underground. Because if, if mom and dad know, and it makes them freak out like this, uh, then I don't want that to happen again, so I'll just be more careful from here on out. Now again, you take it seriously. You bring about consequences. You take away some privileges. You, you guard technology uh, you know, tenaciously until they show they can be trusted with technology again, and that, that's important to do. Do whatever you gotta do to make it so it can't get where it needs to get. And again, things like Circle can shut things down technologically to a place that's uh, pretty safe, by and large. Um, with your spouse, uh, it's a little bit different. But I will say this. Um, let me give the, the, the typical example of what we encounter. Ladies, if you find out your husband's been looking at porn, or husbands, if you feel convicted and you feel the need to confess to your wife, which would be a good thing. Hey, I've had a problem with this, and I want to walk in victory in this. If that's the case, um, ladies, and that's your position there, your job is not to freak out either. Now, granted, let's acknowledge and admit and confess. It's devastating. It's, it's heartbreaking. I, I don't want to minimize the pain at all. However, if you freak out, it goes underground. If you say to your man, okay, that's part of your sin life, there's going to be 1,743 hoops you have to jump through before we're going to be good again. And I'm going to make you miserable until you jump through those 1,753 hoops successfully for the next three years, and then we'll talk about maybe you know, restoring some intimacy and sexual intimacy in our marriage because the hurts are deep. I, I get the hurts deep, but if you lay in those kind of hoops and expectations, most men would go, you know what? I'll never be able to jump through all those hoops. And that hopelessness kicks in and they run back to other stuff. Uh, ladies, you, you, you need to say, this is a devastating hurt, but, but you're my man and I believe in you. This is not who you are. We're gonna get the help we need and do the work we have to do to get this right. And I'll be your, I'll be your help in this. I'll partner with you, not as someone who's comes from a position of just anger and wrath and, ma and madness and, and guilt and shame that I give you, but as a friend who says, you know what, I've been redeemed for much, you've been redeemed for much, let's walk in that forgiveness that God offers us and let's move towards holiness again. Let's do this together. Guys that have to jump through the hoops when there's been an infidelity, most of, the guys, most of those guys say, I can't do it, it's not worth it, let's just give up. But, but when a wife offers grace and restoration and redemption, do a journey. I mean, it's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight. But when a, when a wife offers that, a man says, we can do this together, and there's hope. 
And you come out the other side more times than not, wholer and better and stronger because of the journey together. So again, don't freak out. That's the, the spiritual lesson there. Number two, four streams of healing. If you're gonna get healing and to be restored from this, if someone says, I've got a porn addiction, what do I do? Here are the four streams that I recommend that are, I think, uh, absolutely critical in the journey. Uh, the first one is this, is, is being to walk in the spirit. And that's just your relationship with God. Uh, folks who say, I'm gonna quit looking at porn. I'm gonna try really hard. I'm just gonna really work hard to discipline myself. Bad man, bad man, bad man. I'm gonna work on it and be great. That kind of attack is kind of like spraying a fire extinguisher at the top of the flames of a fire as opposed to looking at what the real core of the issue is. Where's the flame really burning? Where's the heat really happening? You, fire, you spray a fire extinguisher on the, on the logs of the fire where the embers are, where the fire is. And, and again, just saying I'm gonna discipline myself is like the tops of the flames. Walking in the spirit is the core issue that's going on. Uh, Galatians uh, chapter 5, 16 says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So again, you want a solution for this? Walk in the spirit and it's impossible. You will not uh, fulfill the desires of the flesh. You won't. It's a, it won't happen. You cannot do it. Absolutely cannot do it. Walk in the Spirit. Know God. Walk with Him. Hear His voice. Let Him lead you. Second thing is to renew your mind with truth. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way we're changed fundamentally into holiness and the image that God has for us is the renewing of our mind. That again is putting the truth of what God's word says about who you are and what you can do and what you should do and how he's with you in your mind over and over and over and over again. Tenaciously seek out community. Find your community. If you have a man walking through some of this, he needs a support for him. You really need to be around some other people who are walking through this as well to encourage you. So again, you've got the uh, spirit, you've got the renewing of your mind, you've got the community. And then the fourth thing is overlooked. The fourth thing we neglect, but I think this is critically important, is begin to retrain your brain. You've got to retrain your brain. And then two apps that I love, two websites. Crave is a 30-day learn new habits kind of thing. It's faith-based, it's fantastic. And then finally, here's something I discovered through a friend of mine who utilized this, Brain Buddy. This is an app for your smartphone. And I think we all can agree this is the dumbest name for an app we've ever heard in our lives. But Brain Buddy is basically a way to reboot your brain, a way to reprogram your brain uh, to, to get back on it. A couple more things, concluding thoughts. This issue, sexual addiction, porn in particular, is and will continue to be a spiritual battleground. And we covered that pretty well Sunday morning. But again, this is spiritual in nature. The enemy is loaded for bear and aggressively in this fight. And I think as people of faith, we have to stay on guard. We have to, to be on top of this. We have to help our kids navigate this. We've got to, to guide our kids to make wise choices because again, um, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, our children need help navigating all the sexuality stuff. Again, I have a book table over here. There's two resources I'll mention. I'll, I'll do them in a minute here. But our talks book is really just a guide to parents to help reframe the talk of sex and many talks about sex for your kids, preschool children, and teenagers, because it's a spiritual battleground and he's aiming for our kids. Um, you and your kids are going to make mistakes. To which we all say, woohoo! Look at your life from sexual awakening at 13, 14, 15 years old to 
maybe marriage or even to now. Have you made mistakes in your sexual past, your sexual thought life, your relationships in the past? Do you go, I wish that wouldn't have gone down the way it went down? Do you have things that you regret in, in kind of your sexual world? I think most of us would say, yeah, I have some regrets about my past. We've made mistakes. Your kids are going to make mistakes. The key is not to freak out, but just know that there's a God who wants to walk this out with us. He wants to give us guidance and help us navigate some of this stuff, which is the final slide here. Um, we never forget the, uh, the truth and power of the gospel. I, I think our sovereign God knows somehow in his sovereign will, he, he, he knows the scripts we're gonna make. He knows our thoughts. He knows what we do. But I think with all of it, he reminds us over and over again, hey, I've, I've redeemed that. I've redeemed you. I can, I can handle that. My, my love and my grace is sufficient to help you get through that and find wholeness and victory. And, and again, that's the heart of our God, to help people to find freedom. And if you look at your own life now, um, you think somehow because of my past, because of what I'm doing right now, I'm not walking in freedom or victory in this area. If that's you, we believe in this thing called the cross. Perhaps you've heard of it. It is the sum total of what God says about you. That yeah, you're a sinner, but, but, but your sin is a big deal. My love for you and my plan for you is so great that I'm gonna send my son to pay the price for your sin, to wipe away your sin, to, to give you a new life, not based upon your sin, but based upon the new identity that I give you. And that's available to each one of us. And again, I said that this Sunday morning, but I'll remind you once again, we'll, we'll repeat it for value's sake. If, if, if this is the part of your life, the sexual sin is a part that you're kind of hiding from everyone around you, including God, Perhaps it's time to say, God, but can we deal with this so I can really find full victory and freedom in my life? And that's what God offers to each of us and our families. Now, that's the cure part. But can I challenge you? Who's, who's got teenagers at home? Anybody? Who's got elementary school kids at home? Who's got preschoolers at home? Okay. For the next generation, can I encourage you and challenge you and, and ad, 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 give an admonition to you to be on top of this with your kids? To, to, to address it, to realize it's a big deal, to coach them, to operate with wisdom, to help them to make wise choices and guard their eyes and all those different things. Because again, the stakes are so incredibly high for this next generation. Well, there was a little bit of other content at the conclusion of that talk, but that's uh, kind of how it wrapped up. And so if we have any exhortation to any parent or marriage or family out there is to take this seriously and get a plan to deal with it. I want to offer some resources. And of course, all these resources are found on our uh, podcast episode page at infoforfamilies.com. Uh, check out both last episode and this episode of the podcast to see some of those resources that we like. We, we mentioned some great ones last time, but for those who are maybe struggling with an issue where, where pornography addiction is a part of your story and you find yourself regularly struggling, there are some great tools out there, even technological tools that can help with that. There's an online app called Brain Buddy, and it's a stupid name, but it's something you can download for your iPhone and subscribe for a few bucks a month. And it's basically an app to encourage you to make and create good habits for your life. And so Brain Buddy is a great little tool out there that we like. There's another online tool that we like. It's an online Bible study for men called Crave, and we'll give a link to that on our podcast episode page. Go and check that out, gentlemen. It's a study to work through if you need help uh, working through the habits or disciplines of walking with God and eradicating this issue from your life. We also believe strongly in community. We mentioned that earlier in the talk. 
But if you're walking through this and don't have a support group or a small group uh, that can help you get through this, then you're missing a big part of the equation that God wants to use for restoration and for you to walk in victory. Hope Quest is a great uh, place to look for some of those and a uh, great little ministry that you can find support groups and small groups. And there's also a study that is utilized by many called Conquerors. Conquerors is a DVD that you can go through with a small group. Many small groups use that. If you don't have a small group, at least start by grabbing that DVD series. Conquerors is a great way to uh, start getting your mind moving in the right direction and learning some new habits. Again, as always, find the help that you need if this is an area of struggle. And if you want to just wait a button up the technology in your home, again, we recommend you listen to last week's podcast to go to that podcast page on our website, and you can find information about Covenant Eyes and Circle, two of our favorite devices for doing that. Above all else, remember that this battle for our heart and our mind and to keep our eyes and bodies and minds pure, it is a spiritual battle. And if you don't take this to God and say, God, renew my mind, give me a different way of thinking and living and operating, then we're missing a critical, foundational, fundamental piece. Scripture is very clear. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And while community and new habits and technology guarding and all those things are critically important, it's first and foremost a spiritual battle. And so if this is a struggle in your life or someone you know, encourage them to take it to Jesus. God is not freaked out by uh, the struggles. He's not surprised or put off by that. He's not embarrassed or ashamed, and he's definitely not mad at you. God is not in love with some future version of you. He's in love with you that you are right now, and he wants to come alongside you and help you. And if your earnest prayer is, God, help me, I think it's his desire to answer that prayer with the affirmative, yes, I can help you. So look to Jesus on this, and he will not leave you alone. He will guide you and lead you to take some drastic, big, important, valuable steps towards wholeness and purity and his design for your expression and experience of, of sexuality. Don't go it alone. We always have a question of the week, and uh, here it is. It comes directly from the talk that we gave previously. The question that was asked at our event, it was on a card. I don't sure if it was a guy or a girl, but the question was, what if my spouse is into pornography and he or she doesn't think it's a big deal? They are unwilling to walk away from it or lay it down, even though it's a conviction on my part and it makes me uncomfortable. You know, there's couples that oftentimes even one partner encourages the other partner to let's, let's watch pornography together. If you're in that situation, what does one do? How, what's the response to a partner who doesn't have a problem with porn when one partner certainly does. What do you do? And here's the answer I gave. I think if you're someone in the room, uh, it's a woman or it's a man. I, I bet it's a man or men who would think, yeah, fine, good, whatever. It's not that big a deal. Relax. Or we can watch it together and it'll be okay. We watch it together. It'll be fun for our sex life, whatever else. Um, I, I think you're wrong. I, I can't tell you enough how I think you're wrong to think it's not a big deal. Um, and if you can't listen to the arguments that I'm making from scripture or from the effects of science or the impact on relationships, I think listening to your spouse who says, this troubles me. A spouse should hear their spouse say, this troubles me and say, well, it troubles you, then we need to take a look at it. We need to deal with it. Uh, John Gottman is a marriage expert. He's an old guy now, but most of the time when you read a, a marriage article in Time Magazine or someplace, they usually quote John Gottman. He's kind of a genius, well-respected. 
John Gottman said that one of the key markers of a healthy marriage relationship is receiving influence from your partner. Receiving influence. When your partner says, I think this, and you go, well, let's consider that. Or I think we should do this. Well, let's talk about that. That's a sign of a healthy marriage. A red flag of an unhealthy marriage is when a spouse says, hey, this is a big deal to me. Well, it's not a big deal to me, so you got a problem with that, deal with it. That is a major red flag. So we can talk science, we can talk scripture, we can talk impact, we can talk history. Great, you're not convinced? If your spouse is saying, this hurts me and it doesn't trouble you, there's something wrong with your heart. And so again, um, this isn't, you know, I want to remind you again what I did earlier, the, the white chalk circle, deal with you. If, if you're the spouse who wrote this and, and I, I feel your pain, it's not your job to go home and say, see what that guy said? You got to start doing it. Don't do that. But I would pray the Holy Spirit would begin to convict the person who says, yeah, my wife thinks it's a big deal or my husband thinks it's a big deal. I don't think it's at all a problem. We should keep on doing it or I should keep on looking at it. She just needs to realize that's me. If that's you, I'm, I will pray the Holy Spirit would convict you that you're wrong and that you're hurting the one that loves you the most. Now, how does a wife help when she knows her husband has an issue? I, I think you offer as much love and as grace as possible, but you strongly advocate for, um, for help and restoration. You say, you know what? You're gonna have to go to a support group. We're going to have to put covenant eyes on our machine. Um, and as a spouse who, who, who maybe has a problem with this, and maybe it's a habit and you want to experience victory, but you haven't, you have a conviction that you need to, and you, if your wife wants to put, or your spouse wants to put parameters on or, or kick you out of the nest and say, hey, go to a, a Hope Quest group at a church somewhere, consider yourself a blessed man. Because there's 85% of all women who would say to your wife, if your wife says to her girlfriends, yeah, he's been looking at porn for the last five years and he won't stop, it's a habit. 85% of women would say, well, it's time for you to just leave. And so again, if you've got a wife who says, I'm committed to you, but you've got to get some help, consider yourself a blessed man and do whatever she asks you to do. Again, wives, be realistic and be gracious and be loving and be affectionate. I know it's hard, ladies, let's, let's be stereotypical. If your man has a porn problem, I know it's hard to be free and generous in the bedroom because there is hurt. There is uh, a lack of trust. There is, it's an infidelity. You know, there, it, it, there, there's an offense that's occurred, you know, habitually, and it's hard to feel safe in that environment. Um, I encourage you that if your man takes small step, baby steps, to move in the right direction towards holiness, that you make sure you're moving along step in step with him regarding sexual intimacy in your marriage. For a wife who says, there'll be no more sex until you figure out your porn problem, that man's gonna feel very hopeless and almost say, well, the heck with it, I can't, I can't do this. I'll never be able to fulfill that. And so he'll give up and, and he'll go the wrong direction. Um, trying to build a strong marriage, a healthy marriage where sexual intimacy isn't a part of it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, trying to start your car with no gas in the tank? Well, I'm not sure that's the perfect answer, but it is a answer. And hopefully it'll be encouraging to you and maybe give you something to, to deal with and even listen to this podcast with your partner and, and chew on some of these topics. And if ultimately your marriage is struggling because of a porn issue, 
then I encourage you to find some help. Seek a pastor, seek a counselor, seek someone that you can see together that can give you both some wise counsel regarding how to build a marriage that's free of garbage, honestly. God is very pro-sex, but this is such a, con- a, a, such a twisted, counterfeit version of it that it's, it's just messing with everybody. We encourage you to always look to God for the very best he has to offer you and your family. And I think, I'm sure, I'm confident, I'm 100% sure that it's not going to include pornography as a part of it. So as families, we've got to get a plan. And I hope these resources from the last two weeks of the podcast have encouraged or given you some tools that can help you be moving in the right direction. And again, if it hasn't affected your family or someone you love yet, I think because of our culture and the way it's moving, it's only a matter of time. So be fortified, be strong, seek God, and take whatever steps you got to do in conversations and in actions to strengthen your family against the effects of this stuff. Well, thanks for listening today. We love the fact that you're there. Please share this podcast with others. Let folks know it might be encouraging to them. As always, when you leave comments or you subscribe or you uh, give us a review on iTunes, that's always a blessing to us. Keep our traffic moving upward and keep sharing the good news of what we offer here with people that you know and that you love. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, see you next time on the Imperfect and Normal Families Only podcast. See ya.